Hello, dear listener, and welcome back to Flight for Entirety, the only Doctor Who podcast that really needs to get out of here in about half an hour. My wife and kids are waiting for me in the car outside. <laughs> I'm Nathan. I'm Peter, not Davison. I'm Simon. And I'm not Brendan nor James under sheets for this one. <laughs> Well, as you heard a couple of days ago, the 50th anniversary special was completely ruined for all of us by the utterly disrespectful omission of Janet Fielding as Tegan Javankar. So let's see if we can salvage some satisfaction from this terrible day as we press the red button and see what happens in the Five-ish Doctors reboot. So I have to confess to being a little bit disappointed by Peter Davison in this one because I thought he was really cool and didn't kind of give a crap. And this can only be written by someone with a desperately, upsettingly encyclopedic knowledge of the entire history of Doctor Who. I think he had help on that front. (laughs) But what it does show is that he has... Whatever he might pretend, he actually has incredible affection for the program and incredible affection for the fans as well. And this is also so Peter Davison flavoured because not only is he a very Ryan Sardonic person, but his doctor was Ryan Sardonic. He's just channeled all of that into this and the entire thing is an exercise in Rhinus and Sardony. (laughs) (laughs) Sardony. But he's also, though, so happy to take the piss out of himself. Yes. And I think that shows... His true worth. (laughs) Yeah, in fact, that actually kind of happens to everyone. I mean, there's that scene where Colin Baker locks his entire family into the house to watch Vengeance on Farrell. (laughs) Hey, we've all been there. Such a bad story. No. Uh, (laughs) But Sylvester's terrifically pathetic as well in a totally different way. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, like, no one comes off as being good except possibly Paul McGann. Yeah. They're all happy to portray mm. themselves as washed up has been, <laughs> yeah. who were in this kind of crappy program 30 or 40 years ago, which wasn't actually that good. Do you know what mm. I mean? It, no, it's, it's, it's the really part great. they were born to play. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it is the Armando Iannucci episode of <laughs> Doctor Who, even though it's sitting out on the fringe, but it does feel like 90s review. And again, that's kind of sweet because that's already 30 years ago. So it, it honestly feels like the comedic conventions. Has anyone said tropes this episode yet? No, but it's had a bit of a run this year. Has it? Oh, it's just, well, it's, it's been it's a bit a, of a revival. <laughs> well, it's a sticky trope in that case. Um, but yeah, it does. It definitely, the whole comedic style of it also feels outmoded and outdated. And I think that adds to its watchability. We also have to say, isn't it significant for the last time we get to see Mr. Barrowman? No. In a thing. Oh, no, that's right. He comes back later before he. Yeah, twice. Before he's cancelled twice. Yes. Yes. That's the highlight of the episode for me. Well, it's also one of the very last things to be filmed in the BBC Television Centre. We said that earlier this week Mm. with Adventure in Space and Time. Time and Space? Space Space and Time. Right. Uh, uh, But this also has a scene in the BBC Television Centre, which is where Pete, oddly thinks Doctor Who is still being made. Well, they just kind of outside (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, he he actually goes in there, remember, and meets Matt and um, 
and Jenna in a dream sequence. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you are my mother's favourite doctor. <laughs> look away, look back. You are my favourite doctor. <laughs> so lovely. Brilliant. I really wanted William Russell in that uniform to tell him to sod off out of the car park. <laughs> As William Russell, who's had no other gig for 50 years, I think it would have been great. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone is back. Like everyone who is still alive basically is back. And he's basically living in the country. Yeah. 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 And what, like, what I think about it is that this week has been very generous to all of the doctors. I think there was literally no prospect of any of the classic series doctors appearing. Did we ask Colin that? Well, I mean, but the thing is that they don't look anything like maybe Sylvester. They don't look like they did on the show. No. Uh, Very, very few of the people know who they are. And if they do know who they are, that's down to Stephen Moffat, I think. Well, they know who they are if it's Tom Baker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't think there was any ever any actual prospect of the old ones appearing in the special Certainly not, at least, as the Doctors. Maybe, no. maybe as a Tom-style cameo. And you'd so. think there would be more chance because it's now shot in widescreen rather than 4 by 3 Yes, and there's more of them, you said, <laughs> sweeping that into the corner. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Colin actually you know, play true to type in this one? <laughs> okay. So I quite like this, but I don't love it. Yeah. And the reason is that I don't think Colin is that in on the joke. I know that he is yeah. on a surface level, but when I was saying earlier that this is Peter Davison flavoured, Peter Davison's like that. Peter Davison has a very um, healthy relationship with Doctor Who in that he is just the right amount of attached to it, but also consciously uncoupled from it. Yeah. Whereas Doctor Who is the highlight of Colin's career and the circumstances under which he left were obviously quite raw and painful and still are raw and painful Mm. to him quite obviously. And so having him depicted as someone who basically has nothing better to do than sit around watching and waiting for um, with great joy, the delivery of Vengeance on Varus, the special edition, and then being desperate to get into the 50th anniversary episode when we know that he actually did want to be in it and was quite hurt when Tom was the only one who was in it rather than any of the others is just a bit close to the bone for me. Yeah, I think, look, I think that's probably fair, but I do think that Pete gives himself enough of that sort of material as well. And he seems to be the ringleader of the whole protest. He's the one who's standing outside Television Centre with the big sign. Yes. They're uh, just sitting there with coffees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they actually think he's a bit of an idiot. Yeah, yeah. And, and he is also depicted, you know, talking to his kids about how there's little prospect of him being in the anniversary special and having them just not care. (laughs) (laughs) Having them only interested in the new series. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. which I think is pretty great. Yeah, I I disagree with you, Peter. I think that Colin is on the joke. I think think you can have have both things. Both things are true. Yes, he was very hurt that they weren't in the 50th and there wasn't a way for it to work. But at the same time, I think he is – more than capable of taking the piss out of himself in that way. I mean, locking the family in the home to watch Vengeance on Varus Special Edition, I mean, that is deliberately saying, yes, I know what I'm like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, and and, uh, and you're right, Pete gets most of the kind of 
stupidity part of it, especially like when they're at the exhibition and he actually gets them all to go into the police box <laughs> yeah. and seems oddly surprised. But that it's not the TARDIS. It's yeah. not yeah. The TARDIS. Yeah. And Colin says, really? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think you're probably reading something into it which I don't think is there. No, absolutely. It's about my relationship to the new series and the old series as well. Like um, I wasn't quite on board with the fact that in the early years of new Doctor Who, a lot of the classic Doctors and Companions would go around bagging the old series in comparison. It looks so good now. They've got so much money. Russell's writing it. It's brilliant. And by implication, the old series was ridiculous and low budget and not worth worrying over. Whereas actually, I'm more of a fan of the old series and I think it has its own strengths. And so something like this, while I entirely get the joke and I really love Peter Davison's sense of humor about it, it's a little more uncomfortable for me because I don't like to see the old series being mocked in comparison. Yeah, it turns out that the new series is often low budget and ridiculous <laughs> as well. <laughs> true, but, true. but that's interesting because I don't, I just don't get that tone from it. Yes, it's it's taking the piss, but it's taking the piss in such an affectionate way. Oh yeah, definitely. Do you remember the bit where? They head into the studios for the recording and outside it's all incidental music from the opera. And when they go inside, the incidental music is from Rings of Akkad. And like they keep going back and forth. And it's the old it's the old multi-pilot joke, they're on film. Yeah. It's even it's even better than that, because going back to what you were saying, Simon, the music from outside is the caves of Androzani. Oh my goodness. From inside is the rings of Akkad. That's even better. Did anyone else come away from this just feeling, I really want Pete to write an episode or direct an episode or just oh, be If only he had in the old days, it would have been great. I think definitely if he'd worked with Graham mm. and we'd had another season of it could have been really interesting. He is a very smart man. Yeah, he, and I, he's a lot smarter than almost all of us yeah. actually realised at the time and certainly many of us realise now. I mean, that level of comedy is definitely... I think that level of comedy is starting to be shown back when there were those sketches uh, when the show was off the air, but not far from coming back onto the air. I think it was around the children and needs sort of stuff. And there was stuff that Mark Gatiss and um, oh, David Waddington, where oh, they kidnapped, where, where they kidnapped yes. the caves <laughs> of Davison. And Davison basically has the, has the tape over his mouth the entire time. But what his eyes are doing the entire time. Isn't that a bit of like, I think I might kiss Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. so he, he's he's always had a had a sense. Um, it's just a shame actually we didn't see more of it in Thank his ear. And I that. think we would have probably, if it had gone on another year or two. I'd forgotten that. Mark Gatiss is the Kevin Bacon of Doctor Who yeah. and, in fact, brings all of these other extraordinary people, like we mentioned the other week, Diana Rigg is only in Doctor Who because she's a mate of Mark Gatiss and he's and also her daughter, which is why they finally ended up, I mean, my God, what a runcible spoon he is, <laughs> levering, out, levering out there. I didn't actually want to say it like that. That's, that's kind of un- unkind. What is I a wanted runcible- to say he's the Jethric of the <laughs> – What is a runcible spoon? Is that something that's used to jimmy an action man out of a camera? It's <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a spoon with a very long curved uh, handle yes, for yes, exactly yes. that purpose. <laughs> Nothing to do with Deadly Assassin. And constipated scripts you can just leave yeah. around. <laughs> whatever's good at the bottom of the barrel. But that's – sense of the lightness of touch that's in this I think that's why I enjoyed this so much because I don't I feel I've seen this for a while mm. in New Who. I think that Mark Gatiss was originally going to play the part that was given to John Barrowman oh. if 
TARDIS Wikia is to be believed uh. and that it was given to Barrowman because he didn't have anything official to otherwise do. to do <laughs> yeah. uh, for really? the special. So yeah. Gattis would have played what? Gattis? Uh, yeah, I think he would have played himself with his wife and kids and so on. No, I mean, works Barrowman is infinitely funnier. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I suspect the whole thing was a movable feast depending on who was who available was going on what to do day. And, well, oh, I mean, my God, so-and-so's going to want you so we have so, to give them something. Yeah. So who would have played Colin? Oh. <laughs> I mean, the most hilarious thing I think is when he dumps his wife and children by yes. the side of the road yes. and then just bores them rigid with show he tunes. He sings the show all the way to Carter. Seven Bridge. You know, <laughs> and isn't the coda to his secret wife and kids him singing, I am what I am? <laughs> well, that actually appears a couple of times in the, in the episode. I think uh, the BBC radio announcer is going to play him singing, I am what I am at some point. Yes. And then one of those sort of security guards is listening to I am what yes, I am yes. later. <laughs> but, again, it's another one who's perfectly happy to just take the mickey out of themselves. Um, you know, he, he's living a secret life, um, clandestine life with a wife and two children. and But also that thing of, you know, he will just bore people with his own show tunes and he's got the pile of DVDs and CDs that he'll give to anyone who walks past and they're all thrown into the remainder bin at the exhibition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like that, that shows someone else who is perfectly happy to make themselves not – I can't think of the words – well, just to make fun of themselves. To make fun of themselves, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And and both showrunners at that point are, are doing exactly in on the same it as well. The fact that Moffat is writing the script to the 50th using the action figures yeah, yeah. in his and office. It's brilliant. Because that's what always happens. You know, Pandorica opens, he opens his drawer of action figures and has them all kind of around <laughs> the set. Like that's been his approach to the show and yeah. there he is being made fun of. Yeah. And then Russell- Basically casting himself as Rassilon in The Five Doctors. <laughs> that's and then Russell, who is even lower on the pecking order than Peter Davison, like everyone else is ringing Moffat to try and get in the show. Russell's ringing Ring Peter, Peter Davison. Davison to get into the special. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. <laughs> but it's so knowing of all the fan tropes. There's that word and, and how the, all these people have their own personas within fandom at the conventions and all that. And that's what's you know, being portrayed as well so beautifully. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a real generosity to it because I do think that that week everyone gets to do something and far from being left out of the anniversary celebrations, all of those surviving doctors, everyone except uh, Christopher Eccleston, who gets referenced as the doctor but doesn't actually appear. He gets regenerated into. into yeah, yes, yeah, yes. yeah. But everyone, well, I mean, he appears briefly in the big climactic scene in and Day of the Doctor. Trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think there's a real warmth and generosity to that. And that's part of the theme, I think, of the 50th anniversary is bringing the old series and the new series together and creating one glorious whole, yeah. you know. I also like the fact that Peter Davison is the nearest thing to a dynasty that we have in. No, yeah. no, 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 yes. Three generations. Yeah. Well, yeah, because, I mean, it's it's always hard to keep straight in your head. It's like what's a first cousin once removed and what's a second cousin, which I can never figure out even though I've researched it many times and tried to get it sorted in my head. I still can't put my finger on what the difference is. And Georgia Tennant is – the thing that wrecks everything there because you think, but wait, so she's Peter Davison's daughter, but she's married to David Tennant, which means that 
Peter Davison's sons with his second wife are the two kids at the start. But Georgia Tennant's son, who is now David Tennant's adopted son, is the kid who is running around the exhibition with his sonic screwdriver. Oh, my God. Oh, really? And Saying that isn't right, like Susan? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And he now is an actor as well. He's and in so Game of Thrones. He is. Like he's a proper adult. Yeah, yeah. And just like keeping all of that in your head and trying to work out where all the generations sit, they're basically Doctor Who royalty. Yeah. Well, yes. and that's brought in as well, which I just think is adorable. So you've got a very, very pregnant Georgia Tennant eating <laughs> ice cream with a celery stick. I oh, yeah. <laughs> it might as well have been a runcible spoon. <laughs> and, and then David and Tennant, Tennant rings her as she's giving birth. Is that right? Yeah, and can't remember that there's something else important <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's going on. Something else I was supposed to ask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all of that's terribly fun. And so he yeah. uses that relationship to get in. That's how he even yes. gets into the studio. It's really trippy. Yeah. Awesome. Who else? Do we have favourite cameos? Uh, well, the, the opening sequence with Olivia Coleman. And yeah. Sean Pertwee. I mean, it's- that's just – I mean, she is she – is- Perfect uh, in everything, but I just love that kind of. Well, that's what she says, of, isn't it? Yes, exactly. I'm usually in everything. <laughs> <laughs> Even, Even more true now. More true now. But yeah, it's just wonderful, wonderful. Taking yeah, and so we we have Sean Pertwee representing his absent father, and we actually have David Troughton representing yes. his absent father as one of the Dalek operators who seem to be reading Dalek Operators magazine. So you've got yes. <laughs> Nicholas Briggs and uh, David Even Troughton. Better, David operators. Gives it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And then there's another sequence, did you notice, where I'm sure that someone's holding up a copy of Doctor Who magazine with the Web of Fear telesnaps. Ah. Yes, I noticed that as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, is yeah, it yeah. in the production office? They're all it's reading. in the production office, yeah, yes. Yeah. It's in the production office, which yeah. I thought was well done. That's because great. that wasn't <laughs> known of? Again, yeah. Yeah. well, known but not public. Yeah. Right. And also completing everything, Jessica Carney plays one of the security guards. What does she? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely Janet's finest hour. Oh, she gets to be the master. Yeah. In, in the regeneration <laughs> sequence. Yes. Can I say about that sequence, Peter, you may or may not remember this, but we were watching, of course, all this at your place in Penge, uh, the night of the anniversary, and the actual anniversary, you know, the day the Doctor finishes and we're all going, eh, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, oh, we've got to go to the red button thing because that's how this was mm. shown in the UK. And so there would be about a 10-minute lag, and I assume that this had already started. So when we turned it on, on the red button, it started with the regeneration sequence. So the first thing we saw for us when we saw it the first time, it starts with Moffat lying on the sofa and then all these faces starting to appear around him and uh, and he suddenly sort of leaps up the start. And we thought that that was just kind of like a cute little tag at the beginning. Yeah. And then, of course, because it was just on a loop and then you, we just sort of caught it. Oh, it take okay. us about two minutes to realise that we'd missed some. <laughs> no, we didn't know. And I, I was actually insisting to some people one person in particular who was quite drunk that evening, um, that we had gotten to when we came around to the start again, that no, 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 we just missed this part. It's just on a loop and yes. <laughs> I'll get the name off you later. So in the other dream, which is very, very definitely all of the people circling around, (laughs) it's everyone, isn't it? Like I think I spotted- Annika and and um, Carol Ann. Katie, Katie's obvious. Yeah, Lala's there. Yep. Oh, Lala's, Lala's there. That's, that's good. Yeah. 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 
Did we? I need to go and pause and sort of. I never actually paused. Maybe that's why Tom didn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently, (laughs) Tom didn't want to do it, or Pete rang him several times and he didn't reply. Allegedly, uh, uh, everyone who was asked to be in it said yes. Said yes, with one exception. (laughs) Now that that could be a, a slightly apocryphal. Answer given during the convention. Yeah. To I mean, it is Peter Davison telling us that. <laughs> it is, it is, it is Rye Davison and Sardonic. Yeah. And so there may have been, I mean, who knows, there may have been others that said no, but I think he's just making, he was just making the usual point. Yeah. 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 Ian McKellen did it, but not Tom Baker. Oh my exactly. God, that's Ian great. Ian and, 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 you know, uh, so they shot that on the set they, and like yeah. sent they had an overseas budget. No, overseas <laughs> <filming> budget. <laughs> no, they didn't. Peter Jackson shot it and sent it over. Yeah, yeah. It's extraordinary. But I mean, because Peter Jackson is a big fan. Yeah. But that not that incredible that, you know, an Academy Award winning director slash producer, whatever he got the, the award for at the time, loves the show so much to film this thing, to take a moment on the set of a multi-million dollar Hollywood production to film a little joke to go in a basically what is effectively a DVD extra. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just amazing because it means that Peter Jackson and Ron Jones have directed for the same show. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you love Sylvester's iPhone screen when it comes up with Peter, the Peter Jackson's calling and yeah. he's holding the Oscar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's right. Moffat has like BAFTAs, BAFTAs and things behind, behind him. him. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love Ian McKellen in yeah, that too, yeah. where he says, well, actually, probably be a bit better without him. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that, you know, Peter Jackson has to remind him who Sylvester is. Yeah. Do on the face. And, and, Sylvester, and Sylvester is wearing the Hobbit thing and is doing what we ourselves have personally experienced, just going on and on and on about yeah. being a Hobbit <laughs> you know I mean, all the, Hobbit. the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> And the comedy, the oversized comedy T-shirts that the doctors wear yeah, under their under their jackets, that same sort of thing, and recognising that they've all filled out a little. <laughs> I think for me, though, the thing that made it so incredible was that it was so incredibly unexpected. We mm, knew that there was this yes. going to be this little red button thing that yes. we were supposed to watch after the day of the doctor. But the fact that it was so long yeah it's half an hour it's not 10 minutes you know the fact that as we've said everybody is in it not just nearly everybody but basically everybody is in it to some degree the fact that it is both so affectionate about the program and that's why i sort of want to pick up with what you were saying before peter I don't think it crosses the line to, to mocking it. And I agree with you that when the show comes back, they're all trying to distance themselves from the original series. Going, oh, you know, it was all a bit rubbish and we understand that. And, you know, it was all on a shoestring and it's so much better now, blah, blah, blah. That's also to some extent what fandom was doing. You know, people like you and I were very much in the minority. You know, we did start to love the classic series even more because I was worried that, oh, the new series was going to come along and, oh, you know, the classic series was going to be sort of shoved into a cupboard. And so I think, yes, in twenty. 20- 13, this show has only been back eight years. We're still kind of to some extent in that mindset. But certainly watching it from this distance where I think those feelings have moved away, I think it just rides this beautiful line of being affectionately mocking, not really mocking the show, but mocking the people in the show and relying on our decades of experience with these actors with these actual people yeah. at conventions and when they appear on DVD extras and, and the kind of the, the the meta part of fandom rather than the actual show part necessarily. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I don't have many problems with it. Um, I do quite like it. As I said before, it's partly about my own 
reaction to how classic Doctor Who was kind of a little bit waylaid by a new Doctor Who. But the fact that it's Peter Davison who's doing it makes a lot of difference because yeah. it is about almost fan constructs of what the Doctor's personalities yes. were. And Peter Davison is very aware of that and is channeling that. And so I can put my slight awkwardness at that aside. It just means that I'm not 100% on board. I'm 90% on board. I think, though, that this whole year has been about bringing classic Doctor Who back into the fold. And I can kind of understand that Doctor Who was a punchline and it was a show that was kind of science fiction drama produced like a light entertainment program, a show that they'd been making for years and years without properly thinking about why on earth they were doing it. And we were all still around to enjoy the Sylvester McCoy era where it suddenly had some proper ideas behind it and had had some thought put into it, but it had been a punchline. And so I think that they were right initially when bringing it back to be wary of the association with the old program. But I certainly think by the time Series 7 comes along, we're much more relaxed about that because we're yeah. successful on our own terms. And it's contextual as well because the new series was a massive hit for its first few years and was definitely in the anniversary year. And so the comparisons with sort of audience profile and popularity are apt. Yeah. Um, but we can look at it a little bit differently now where the new series is still popular enough but is another drama series on television. It doesn't have the heavenly choir of angels singing every time it's mentioned. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get that next year. It'll be fine. <laughs> but Doctor Who, I think, becomes the punchline in that way in the 80s. Yeah. And not because – I mean, I love I love all that era as well. Of course. Um, but I think it's because um, – well, actually, should I say it becomes the punchline in the sort of from the Williams era on because I think that's when the show starts to fall behind what's needed visually to keep up with- Post-Star Wars. Exactly. Yeah. And because they, because they just can't, right? Yeah. But also, you know, high inflation, relatively speaking, budget cuts. Terrible producer. Terrible <laughs> producer. Well, yeah, well, different kinds of terrible producer. Like they're both- terrible in their own way. Mm. Uh, Greg Williams and Jane T, much as I'm fond of both of them, um, but they both- Have significant down, blind yeah, spots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Graham Williams, I think, isn't able to get the best out of the BBC people that he can, and everyone starts- It becomes the Tom Baker comedy half-hour show. Jane T can get the best out of the BBC. That's why we have Greatest Show in the Galaxy at all, because he knew how the system worked. He could fudge things together and make it work, but he kind of gets so obsessed with the merchandising and everything else that the show starts to become a parody of itself. And yeah, guess and he has where. no taste and he's not very into and know, yes, writing. Exactly. And he doesn't. He doesn't. He cares yeah. less about the scripts and more yeah. about the kind of the, the set-piece moment. And I think that's why it becomes the punchline. That's when the BBC hierarchy starts to want it to go away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think that's where it is. I don't think that's the case in the 60s. You know, had the program ended in 1978, I think this wouldn't have even been a conversation. No. I mean, that's pretty much why when you have a crossover in the fiction with the new show, it's Tom Baker's doctor, yeah. more or less, who is yeah. back and not one of the 80s doctors. Yeah. And so Peter Davison's instincts and what he's what he's saying in this program are actually correct. True. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. What, when they start um, re starting to rehabilitate the show from like in the early nineties, you know, where Alan Yentob is trying to kind of get things going again, what are they showing? You know, then they're not showing the eighties stories. They they're showing you know Pertwee and Tom Baker stories on those Friday night repeats as a rule. Yeah, in the late nineties, yeah, Spearhead yeah. and Silurians and Genesis, yeah. 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 
I mean, that we talk about Davison being smart, but one of the ways you know that he's smart is that he gets this terrible material and finds some way of performing it. Mm. You know, he always seems to be doing something. Like you can tell. Yes, he's never just phoning it in. Yeah. Like, oh, this is yeah. rubbish, isn't it? Yeah. Because as a whole, it's not. It's just I think most of the failures um, are failures of production. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's always going to be script, script things which failures. are a bit rubbish, but no, they're, mostly they're fine. I think that the show becomes too horrible. I think. Horrible. Oh, well, yes, yeah. you have an issue. It with stops the, being the, fun. Yeah, no, I disagree with that. With Capaldi or with Joe? No, with um, Davis. Davis. With, with, with Eric Saywood specifically. Saywood, yeah. I think that's, I, I think that's, that's exactly Saywood. And you can really see the cast. Uh, the cast are led by Davison's resp- emotional responses yeah. to that. And you can really see him, forgive me, petering out. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm here. <laughs> the best thing that happened to the program in that era is Peter Davison making the conscious decision between, I would say, the five doctors and warriors of the deep to just start playing the doctor as himself. Yeah. So, yeah. It's oh, wonderful. my God. He's yeah, good. That's, yeah. What, that's what's uh, missing. I mean, that's you get flashes of it. It's a bit of a joy yeah. at the yeah. time. I remember as, yeah. as a little boy thinking, I'm actually enjoying this. I mean, we yeah. loved all of it, but yeah. there was just a yeah. sense of revivic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even Warriors of the Deep, which we now scorn. I loved like, it at the time. Oh, it had a big fun. set. I had, I was saying, really yeah, looked very eighties instead of very seventies. You know, it, it was a bubbly space nineteen ninety nine. But can yeah. I say, until, but, but it's interesting after nineteen twenty. After sort of nineteen twenty, even though I kind of yeah, you're right, Richard. We were sort of all loving it, but I, I was sort of loving it. But at the same time, I was then looking forward to going back to the Ark in space after. Time flight finished, yeah. or whatever they went back to, would have been something like that. And you watching then the the, the Toms and, and so on like that, and then oh my god, they they go back and do Day of the Daleks and so on like you know th- that was more exciting for me in 1982, yeah, 83, yeah, than it was for me to see a brand new brand episode. New stuff. With Peter Same, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually gave this comparison to Matt Jones at that do that we keep coming back to about comparing the 50th and the 20th. And I was kind of predicting a, you know, is it all going to start to go horribly wrong in the same way that it did after the 20th? I remember you t- I remember that conversation. Yeah, it be, looks but, what, look what happened. It look what happened because of the fact that, you know, everything builds to this massive anniversary special. There's this great celebration of the program. So anything after that is going to be a sort of a denouement, a bit of a kind of a, uh. a disappointment. And the show starts to change a direction to try and do something different and, oh, what, what if we have a doctor like this and do that? And and, and it is. And I actually think there are a lot of parallels. And it never happens immediately. There's it's, always yeah. some residual goodwill. There's always and so in the goodwill. original show you'll get season 21, which is pretty good, and season 22, which you and I think is pretty good. Yeah. And in the, it is. It's this. It is. Yes. <laughs> um, and in the new series you do get pretty think- much the rest of the Moffat era, which is pretty good. I think series 8 is – and series ten, yeah, series eight's a proper return to form. I'll be interested to see what I yeah. think. When I well, say I just think yeah. it's like he's too embarrassed to, like he wants to do a good job because the doctor suddenly him is sort of an old Scottish guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like oh, I'm the doctor now. I have yeah. to write good things for me to say. Yeah. And series eight retains basically the popularity of the Matt Smith era. It's a fraction down in ratings, yeah. but it has that kind of audience and um, appreciation and to it. It is the closest, I think, in structure to a. Uh, Davies series, right. even more so than five, I think. You know, it's lightly serialised. It's got the master in a kind of arc where you just go back and forward and yeah. do various sort of different things, Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs>
Well, dear listener, that's all we have time for for now. We'll be back at Christmas to say a centuries-long farewell to Matt Smith in Time of the Doctor. In the meantime, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts and you can keep up with us at Flight Through Entirety on Facebook, at FTE Podcast on Twitter and on our website, flightthroughentirety.com, where you'll find links to our other podcasts, Bonfinger, Jody Into Terror, Maximum Power and Untitled Star Trek Project. Until next time, may Olivia Coleman continue to be in everything. Thank you very much for listening and good night. Good night. Bye-bye. Good evening. was Flight Through Entirety, starring Nathan Bottomley, Peter Griffith, Simon Moore and Richard Stone. Theme arrangements by Cameron Lamb. This episode, Petering Out, was recorded on the 2nd of October 2022 and released on the 27th of November. very much for joining us for this week's anniversary celebrations and special thanks to Conrad Westmus for joining us for our Night of the Doctor episode. And thank you to all the loyal and attractive listeners who gave us feedback this week. We couldn't have done it without you. We've been going for half an hour. I think that we... Said everything is... We should do an out, though. We should. Well, we haven't talked about the... Um Part two that they were going to do. There's nothing to say about it. There was going to be a part two. McGann was talking about it at a convention twelve months after part two. (laughs) Exactly. And why isn't everyone? You know, why aren't we in it? What were they going to do? He was saying it's in pre-production and the scripts, and we're still, you know, what were they going to call it? The next day of the Doctor. (laughs) That's it. it. And then Colin said uh, immediately afterwards, at possibly the same convention. I can't remember. It's a very long time ago. It's on. Um, it's on the TARDIS wiki thing. this story as well. He said, no, <laughs> in his Beskus cart, but, but more northern. He said, no, it, 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 we have looked at several ideas, but it would feel a pale imitation of the glory that was the Five-ish Doctor's reboot. Mm. Um, but there is apparently chat going on. Ask Colin. Colin is a bit of a blab. That quite happy been, to chat. That would have been great. They could have fired Colin and then gone on without him. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, no, oh, too soon. No. <laughs> it's still too soon. But I do hope he's doing something for next year. That's It'll be interesting to see what Colin's happens dropping the year. things. So, you know, if anyone follows Uncle Colin, so so let's see what happens. The funny thing is that this is going to be released after the – Chibnall Centenary Special oh. is released. Oh. And so by then we will know- How terrible it was. What a bad idea it was to bring all of those people back into the main show. I don't need to see it. I can tell from the trailer. Oh, yeah. yeah. With all due respect to the people involved in it, none of them listen, do they? No. Janet, Janet, Janet doesn't listen to no, everything God she's no. mentioned, is it? Well, well, we'll just at her when we release. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that could be the sequel to this. It could be Peter Davison in a Caves Around the Your Generation coming back and saying, they're not going to have you back, Janet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bit sad that uh, Janet Fielding and Sophie Aldred have had more to do with the new show than Peter Davison has. Yeah. Mm. That is a that is an, a a crime against nature. Well, Peter, Peter Davison and David Tennant were watched by 13 million people in 2007. I don't think they're going to be watched by the same number of people. Oh, for that uh, yeah. children in need thing. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay, fair enough. He did do that. Sorry, yeah. I forgot about that one. 
So it's actually this month. So so it's extraordinary it's, it's to think. October, yeah. It, yeah. We're in October now. It's extraordinary to think that um, I am totally uninterested in what's yeah. about to happen <laughs> in three weeks, three or four weeks' time. Is there anyone who is excited about it? I don't know, Brendan. I Maybe used not. to be. I'm not. So is this the is this does she regenerate at the end? Yes. 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 Into, into David Tennant. Into David Tennant, not into kind of a not no. into Shooty. So is it, he he she's actually not going into to the watcher to David Tennant, yeah. who's going to regenerate into Shooty. Yeah. Right. We, so we I wasn't think. sure whether so the David Tennant bits aren't like a flashback to his no no because he right. looks older and you know he's wearing different oh, clothes not that and stuff. Old, not, no, not but I think they've they've that's what they've gone with. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, this is going to be. Terrible. Well, I, th- I think I very <laughs> definitely are. Sorry, we've <laughs> the last few years up, and we're going we to reassure you all that it's going to be. No, but I don't want them to make again. it look like we've they've stuffed up everything since David Tennant left. No, that's true. <laughs> they certainly haven't. No, and, no. But um, it it did go off the boil, though. I think you know, like yeah, it stops after the fiftieth anniversary. After the 50th anniversary, I think yeah, it does. I, I mean, the Capaldi people. era is is a disappointment to me, and especially because I thought he would he he's such a has such he's a so such good. a good doctor and can be such a good doctor, and I think he's just wasted, and it's a shame. I actually gave this comparison to Matt Jones at that do that we keep coming back to.